Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, what's going on tonight? Not a whole lot. What's going on, man? Not too much. Uh, we've got Jonathan Hutton on the show tonight, so we're excited about that. We'll bring him in here in a second. Before we do that, we, as always, tell you, Terry and I write for MusicCityMiracles.com, covering the Titans for SB Nation. So check us out there. We'll be we have the most up-to-date stuff with free agency and all that going on over the next few days especially. So check us out there in between podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, Locked on Titan Search on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us there. Subscribe. That way you get the latest episodes when they become available. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. And the podcast account is at Locked on Titans. So as I mentioned before, we have Jonathan Hutton from uh, Titans Radio. He's a sideline reporter during Titans games. And he is on 104.5 The Zone here in Nashville from 10 to 2 now, right? Every day on the Midday 180. Yeah. So check it out there. Great show with him and uh, Paul Kaharski and Chad Withrow. So Hutton, man, we appreciate you taking the time to join us tonight. It is great to be on uh, on the podcast, Locked on Titans. Excited to be on with you guys, and I enjoy the website as well. So uh, plenty of time to, to chat about free agency as we get things rolling here in a few hours. Yeah, sounds awesome. So just initially, I want to get your thoughts on how active you think the Titans will be in free agency. You know you know how it is. Uh, the, the, the 3 o'clock bell sounds on Wednesday, <laughs> and if it rolls into 4 o'clock and, and the Titans haven't signed four guys already, you know, fans start jumping off the ledge. And, I mean, we were already getting into it on, on Sunday with guys that about, you know, they haven't, they haven't traded all these guys that have been traded, and the Titans don't do anything, and they're not active and all that kind of stuff. So uh, do you see this as being similar to, you know, John Robinson's other free agency periods where – not necessarily involved in, in the first big wave, but then kind of lets the market settle and then kind of jumps out and, and gets those guys that he, that he really wants to bring in. Yeah, I do, Jimmy. You know, I'm, I'm looking at some of the responses on Twitter and to our show, for instance, about free agency. And, you know, I'm sure you guys see the same thing where it's they, they want John Robinson to be active, jump out there, grab these big name free agents. But to be honest with you, this this is going to be crazy money season where there is going to be a ton of supply, and I'm not sure about the demand. I mean, I, I don't think this free agency crop is all all that great, top to bottom. Um, the quarterbacks are going to, to demand the market early. I can't wait to watch and see where those guys end up and how all the all the dominoes fall. Uh, but from a Titans perspective, I'm, I'm looking at you know maybe Norwell as a guard as the top end offensive lineman in this in this group, um, where. You can also look to the front end of the draft and get someone much cheaper on a five-year contract with, with the option for the fifth year. Uh, you, you can look at running back, but I in, in veteran uh, right now in free agency, I wouldn't jump out there and go after a guy and set the market. I would let the market come back to me a little bit if I'm the Titans. Um, and, and receiver, while I do like some of the options at the top of the receiver crop, I also like where the Titans sit right now um, as a whole, as far as their depth is concerned, compared to other positions, so it's all about where you want to spend your money. And all, and and, and and keep in mind through all of this, there's some big contracts on the horizon for Taylor Lewan, and you're about to pick up the fifth year option for Marcus Mariota, which is going to cost you next year about twenty million dollars as you try to work out that extension. 
So I, I think a lot of things have to fall into place for the Titans to be out there in front. You know, I, 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 I can't sit here and tell you that he, that Robinson doesn't want to get out there and be active early through the, the phase one period, which is like the first 96 hours, because in the past we have seen them be in talks with AJ Boye. We've seen them in talks with Damon Harrison. Uh, they were involved in the Brandon Cooks trade. Many people forget the Titans' name was dropped out there as as a team interested in that. So it's not like they tried to avoid big-name free agents at all costs. It just has to make sense. And when I look at the overall landscape of free agency this year, there's a couple of guys that excite me, but a lot of those players are Phase 2 players that don't deserve Phase 1 money. Jonathan, now all anyone wants to talk about is the receivers, you know, Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins, they want the Titans to go make a big splash uh, and and grab one of these guys. I don't see it. I don't think Jimmy sees it. Um, Are are we off base there? And, and, you know, who are some other names that that you could see happening maybe in week two? Yeah, I mean, I I like the idea. I'm always big play, passing game, offense type of guy. Like, I I get it. I want to see them throw down the field and make big explosive plays and put points on the board. Um, I also understand that's what they drafted Corey Davis to be. I get it. Um, but you know, I, I like Allen Robinson. Um, I wonder if someone goes crazy like a Chicago and, and just overspends for a player like that. Um, I like Sammy Watkins. And if Matt LaFleur comes in and says, Sammy Watkins is the player we need, then if I'm John Robinson, I back that and I go try to find him and get him, um, and, and pay the money necessary. But I also look at the numbers that he put up in the offense last year as he was brought in to be one of the main players, and he didn't have outstanding stats when you when you look at the overall body of work. So then I look to phase two, and that's where you see a Paul Richardson who is probably going to expect number one or number two money. But I, I wonder if you sit around and wait, if he's one of those guys that is, after all the dust settles, kind of a phase two player. Uh, and Taylor Gabriel is another player that I look to just connecting the dots with where LaFleur has been and the type of offenses that certain players have been in. He would make sense to come in and play a piece to the entire puzzle of this offense. Um, you know, this, this is, this is turning into more of a rhythm offense where Marcus is, is going to have to have great rapport with the, the receivers that are, that are almost on timing routes and know exactly where to go at what time and different things. Um, I, I think they will they will spread the ball out quite a bit uh, based on personnel, and I think we're going to see more three wide personnel as opposed to the two tight end sets. And with that in mind, they they I think they should be in the market for a receiver. I just don't think it has to be number one type money uh, with what they expect Corey Davis to actually become. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. I mean, I think that they're probably. Uh, they, they've got a lot of talent at the receiver position, maybe as much as, as they've had, you know, just when you look at potential with those guys. Uh, I was listening to Dan Orlovsky on her show last week, and I think he said the first thing he would do if he was John Robinson would jump out and get an Allen Robinson or a Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. because, you, you know, you need that element to the offense. How do you think they feel? I mean, I guess we don't know the new staff, but, I mean, just when you look at this receiver class, this receiver group that the Titans currently have, I mean, do you think that they're in the building thinking, hey, we need to go out and add a number one, or are they content to let, you know, the Corey Davis thing play out and see if he can be that guy that he looked like he was going to be coming out of college? 
Well, I think with with Davis, they they have to they have to. I mean, they with the fifth overall pick, you're all, your your chips are on the table with him going into year two. I think it's way too early to assume that he's not going to turn into the player that you drafted him to be. Um, but but around him, that that's where they have to make their decisions. Rashard Matthews has another year left on his contract. Uh, he's been a good find for them. But the, I think that's that's the, that's the type of receiver they have to go and identify now. The, the, the Rashard Matthews available now that can give you an extra 15 to 20 catches on what he was being asked to do where he was um, and, and reach a ceiling that the, the previous team wasn't able to get out of that certain player. Turn a number three into a number two option um, because w- based on the offense I'm expecting to see, I'm expecting to see the tight end with Delaney heavily involved uh, as well as getting more looks to multiple receivers um, out of the slot and down the sideline on the field. Uh, I think more deep passing will be involved for Marcus now, and I think more will be asked of the running back that's brought in for the passing game specifically. Do you need a true number one deep threat? If you do, I think it's worth the money in free agency to go and find that player because with only six draft picks, to me, it's tough to go and identify in two years consecutively who exactly you're going to go draft over an outside linebacker, inside linebacker, offensive lineman early in the draft. That's me. Um, I, I wouldn't go receiver early in this draft just because I don't have the, the necessary currency to go do that this year like I did last year. So if I'm placing my chips on, in cards on the table, if I, if, I, if I feel like I have to have the deep threat, Corey Davis, to me, has to be the guy that can give me that element, then I need to go find some speed. And, and that, to me, can be a number of different players in this free agency crop. And because of that, I'm waiting for phase two before I give the big bucks because there's a number of players that can fit the description I'm looking for. It doesn't have to be the Allen Robinson. Although, look, Allen Robinson, two years ago, if that's the player you're getting, he's worth the money. If you're getting the Allen Robinson from 2016, I'm I'm iffy on on whether or not it's worth it. And then last year with the with the knee, that really throws everything into a in, in, into the air because you don't know the type of player he's going to be next season. So I'm fascinated with this running back class. Uh, the Titans are going to be in the mix to add a running back, obviously. Uh, but I'm I'm interested in this free agent running back class and what they're going to get with it being such a loaded draft. Uh, you're going to be able to get guys that can contribute into day three. Uh, with that being said, are the Titans going to sign one and draft one, do you think? Or are they going to get into a guy like Dion Lewis, uh, like a, a Jarek McKinnon? I love both of those options. I think Dion Lewis, uh, you'll, you'll have to jump out and get involved quickly in free agency. I think he's a first 96-hour type guy uh, that will go in 96 hours. That's like two to three team visits. Um, and, and a lot of those are taking place now with the, the legal tampering that's going on. But um, it's the first phase. I think Deion Lewis is one of those type players, 28 years old, uh, and doesn't feel like he's been used to all of his capabilities. There will be a team out there that has a defined role and a, and a role that will make him a primary back. Um, or if not a, a number one guy, a, a guy that's going to be involved more in the run game and the pass game, as opposed to the, the way he was used in New England. But the way he was used in New England fit them perfectly. And I think the Titans, if they, if, if Derrick Henry um, is the is the bell cow 
between the tackles type runner that we expect him to be. I think you guys would agree. Um, to me, you have to get more defined in the next two roles. And you brought up free agency in the draft, and I brought up on midday 180. I think they have to get both. They have to find a running back in both areas. They have to find a dynamic playmaker in this draft. But at the same time, what they lose in DeMarco Murray was also a great uh, a great guy in pass protection. And I'm not willing to uh, have a ton of faith in a rookie that comes into the league at any point and say, you know what, he's ready for the NFL-level pass protection that's going to be required of him. That's also not Derrick Henry's strong suit. Um, so with that in mind, I have to find a guy that can that can be dynamic out of the backfield, but has also been in the league long enough to know a few pass protection options and 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 keep the quarterback safe if he needs to, can chip on the edge and do different things. McKinnon, 26 years old, uh, has 500 or a little under 500 carries, I believe, but also has a number of of catches throughout his career, versatile back. I like the options there, but primarily if I feel like I can find a John Kelly type running back in this draft and I throw him out there just because everyone listening is familiar with the type of back he was at Tennessee. Um, if I feel like I can go get that guy in the second or third round of this upcoming NFL draft, my primary focus in free agency is a veteran back that knows this type of zone running offense that can come in and be a strong guy in pass protection as a third down option out of the backfield. Um, with that in mind, you know, it, Duke Johnson comes to mind for me in Cleveland. I think he's probably going to get extended um, in, in Cleveland, but he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything very well. That's the type of frame I'm looking for in the veteran back they bring in. We were talking a little bit about Quentin Spain before we came on here, just kind of to reset if, if anybody hadn't seen what happened today. The Titans did – Quentin Spain's a re- restricted free agent. So there are, I think, basically three levels or three or four levels that you can offer to a restricted free agent, a first-round tender, a second-round tender, that meaning if a team wants to come and sign that guy from you, they have to give you that pick, the first or second-round pick. There's also the original round tender and then the right of first refusal tender. Now, since Spain wasn't drafted, the Titans today extended to him the right of first refusal tender. So basically what that means is if somebody else wants to come and sign Quentin Spain, they can can make him a contract offer, then the Titans have a chance to match that offer. If they match that offer, then obviously he stays here, plays for whatever that is. If the Titans decline to match that offer, then Spain's free to go and, and play for that team. The Titans don't receive any compensation. If the um, if nothing happens, like if they just they just offer him this tender, nobody else comes and tries to negotiate a contract with him, then Spain would be on a one year deal at, at basically just under two million dollars. So, kind of tell us what you what your thoughts are, what they think of Quentin Spain, how you see this playing out with him, with the fact that they did offer him basically the lowest available tender. Well. Two things immediately come to mind. Um, first, they'd like to keep him, uh, but they want to keep him on a fair deal for the team. And to me, this is an example of the player, or the, in this case, the agent, likely balking at whatever discussions that the team and the agent were having and wanting to hit free agency as a restricted free agent instead of just taking an extension or, or, or something a little bit lower than what maybe what they had in mind for the client. 
So I think this is the Titans saying, okay, we will extend this offer. We have the right of first refusal here so we can see whatever teams want to bring you on the offer sheet. And if it's way over the top of where we expected to pay this player long term, then by all means, take that offer and we're not going to be able to match it. Uh, but if the market establishes itself and they can go out and and find a, a contract that the Titans would be willing to work with, ultimately, then they keep the player anyway. So uh, really, I mean, they're telling Quentin Spain and his agent, go find the offer that you think you can find and we'll be able to, to come back to the table and see if we can match it. If not, this is also this is also to me telling me that the Titans also feel like this is a good year of uh, for interior offensive linemen in the draft, which is matches up with what everyone is saying at the NFL Combine, uh, especially very high in this draft. So, um, you know, if 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 Spain ends up with an offer, Josh Klein would be there. I'm, I seriously doubt that Josh Klein would find an offer before Quentin Spain would, based on level of play that I I personally saw. Uh, then you can bring back Josh Klein on, on a deal, draft a, a young offensive lineman, pair them together. If you want to go big, we mentioned at the start of all of this, Norwell out of Carolina is the interior offensive lineman to go grab. So maybe they go big on this. Just another option I'm throwing out there. But overall, Spain can be a part of this plan. But keep in mind, too, this is also an offensive line that's going to be more on the move in 2018 compared to what was required of them in 2017 and the previous couple of years. More of the outside zone blocking scheme, um, which if you want to compare offensive lines, start thinking Atlanta, Seattle, San Francisco, uh, lines on the move quite a bit. And Spain, while he's he's a, a bulldozer, um, he's not – He's not the most mobile guy that you want pulling. In fact, Klein is better suited for that. So this is, to me, them trying to allow Spain to go set his own market. And if the market falls back to them, they'll keep him on a one-year deal and see how things work out going into camp. Seen a couple reports connecting the Titans to a couple of cornerbacks. Uh, supposedly they were interested in Sherman. I don't. I don't know how interested. Um, but you know, there's one out there connecting them to Dominic Rodgers, Cromarty. Uh, me and Jimmy kind of feel the same way here. Cornerback, is that a need? I mean, we, we kind of feel like that Titans are pretty set across the board with Adore Jackson, Logan Ryan, uh, LaShawn Zims, and I think they like Ty Smith quite a bit. Uh, where would a where would a free agent signing fit in here? I, I mean, I, I think they could upgrade off of Sims, but I, I don't think you're going to get – I don't think you're going to beat the value you're getting out of Sims right now. Well, here's where they can upgrade because this this has always been the issue for me over the last couple of years was Bryce McCain. Bryce McCain played quite a bit uh, when you look that's at true. his snaps compared to um, overall level of play. And that's not a knock on McCain. It was more just they kept him around and asked him to do a, quite a bit of different things that, honestly, I, I, whenever he was on the field, I felt like the offense was going towards him. Um, so... Dominic Rogers Cromartie, he's a one-year or two-year contract type of guy now. That would fill the void left by Bryce McCain. There's another, um, Ladarius Webb. He's been released by Baltimore. Dean Pease would know him well. Dean Pease likes the taller, lankier corners, if you look at what they've done in Baltimore. 
and uh, Ladarius Webb. He's an older corner. He's 31 or 32 years old. Um, but that again, that fits the type of mold that you would be wanting. Ladarius Webb played in every game last year in Baltimore. Only started two games. But you're looking for someone that could come off the bench if someone goes down. If Logan Ryan turns an ankle in the middle of the San Francisco game, you got to have someone that's able to go and someone that's active. Uh, Webb would be a type of player that would be active for you, a veteran guy that could step in immediately and give you some good reps. That's what they were asking from Bryce McCain, and that's why they're going to be moving on from Bryce McCain within this defense. So I think uh, Rogers Cromartie fits the build of the type of corner that I would link up with Dean Pease, and I'm basing that solely off of just looking at previous rosters when he was in Baltimore, um, and certainly he would know Webb well. Uh, Tremaine Johnson is a better version of both of those guys that's now a free agent that has been paid a boatload of money over the last two years by the Rams. He's a free agent now because they decided not to franchise him for a third year. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where he ends up. But I was just looking at free agent corners that fit the mold of what they've done in Baltimore previously. Those would be the guys that immediately popped to mind for me. All right. Obviously, they're going to be in the market for a backup quarterback with the release of Matt Castle. Knew that was coming. Um, this is a, an interesting group of free agent quarterbacks. There's a lot at the top, and then you know once that settles, then there's going to be those guys that are you know just looking for a job somewhere. There was a report, not sure how credible it was, last week that the Titans were maybe in talks with the Packers about trading for a, for a Brett Hundley. Where do you see this team looking as far as trying to bring in a backup quarterback? I, To me, Jimmy, it's got to be in free agency. I do not like the idea of a rookie quarterback. Um, I, You know, in past drafts, when they've had eight, eight or nine picks, you can you have the luxury. Like the, the year they drafted Derrick Henry, it was, you know, the, the last, it was the third pick of the second round for them. And they could go and grab a guy where they had previous depth. And right now, with six picks in the draft, I just I, I struggle to use a high pick on a QB, and that's what it would take uh, to be a backup right now, based on Marcus's injury history. I would have to have someone that I could I, I could f- really rely on to not just come off the bench and win a close game, uh, like the like the game in uh, in Miami, you know, where he, he, Marcus is done for the week. You know he's likely going to be back for Monday Night Football. You need someone that can just go win a game at Miami. And the, the dog, that was such a pathetic game uh, <laughs> for both teams. That game should have been won, and it was not, because they, they didn't have good quarterback play that could run the offense they wanted. So with that in mind, I'm going through free agency. And I think there are some guys that, that could come off the bench and win some games this year um, that are available. I'm, I'm not going to be shocked if it's a name that everybody in Nashville knows. Um, if it's a, a McCown-type player, 39 years old, but again, fits the description of what I'm looking for. Guys that have won games in this league that could come in and pick up an offense like the one that he's going to be asked to do. Um, you know, uh, I'm talking with PK quite a bit about Bridgewater. He wonders where the market will be for, for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, that's another intriguing option based on what you were saying about Hunley and whether or not that would fit with what the Titans were doing. Um, but it's got to be somebody that fits this this new offense. And to me, I want a veteran in there that's going to come in and be able to absorb it quickly 
rather than have to bring a rookie along. There are some talented quarterbacks in this in this draft class, but none in in the second in, in day two or day three of the draft that I would be willing to go into the regular season with as the number two quarterback. Uh, Avery Williamson reportedly turned down an offer from the Titans. It was uh, again reportedly four years, twelve million dollars. Uh, seems a little low, but and Williamson is a guy that struggles in coverage, so. Uh, it's kind of what a, an average two-down linebacker w- would make in today's NFL. Um, two things. Talk a little bit a little bit about what you expect him to do, and if Avery walks, are you comfortable with Jayon Brown kind of stepping into that role? Uh, I'll start with the second part first. Yes, I'm comfortable with Jayon Brown stepping in because he's more of a coverage backer. That's what they drafted him to do. Um at this point, especially the inside backers, what you're not going to see in free agency are any of these linebackers that can actually go out and cover. Um, it, those guys aren't available. It's just like the big-time pass rushers don't become available. So if, if Avery wants to walk and go somewhere else and get a big contract, I'm all for it because the guy has played on this fifth-round draft pick contract forever. It feels like he's been here for 10 years. But I, I don't blame the Titans for not breaking the bank for Avery Williamson and allowing him the chance to hit free agency because you can go, you can go sign a guy like Demario Davis with the jets. And there's no coincidence that the jets are one of the teams interested in Avery Williamson because they have their own version of Avery Williamson. That's two years older. That's in the same situation where he's an inside linebacker, not the best guy in coverage, but as a battering ram when it comes to the run game, um, the, the type of linebacker that they will be asking Avery to be, the two-down linebacker as you're, as you're pointing to, to me, you can find that guy. And I think that's what the Titans will be saying. Hey, here's our offer. We'd love to be involved. I think Avery fits, by the way, the description of the type of player John Robinson really likes and the type of player that Mike Vrabel would enjoy coaching. Um, but does he fit the three-down mold that Dean Pease will be requiring? I'm, I'm not so sure. And if the, if the numbers are anywhere close to accurate on that offer, I agree it's a little low for maybe where he thought he would be. And because of that, he should go test-free agency. But I won't be surprised if the market settles and the Titans can get back involved. So last week they released the Norris Searcy. Um, so now you have, I mean, a little bit of a depth issue, it seems like, at the safety position. Do you think that's something they'll be looking to address in free agency? I mean, you've got your starters, obviously, in, in Cyprian and Bayard, but you don't have a lot proven behind those guys. So is that something you think they'll be, I mean, I, they're obviously not looking for a guy to come in and start, but yep. looking for a guy that has some experience and, and maybe can come in and fill a role? I Yes, I agree. And I think the moves they made last week, I think are the moves that you go out and address in free agency, quarterback, running back, safety. Um, To me, that's where you can find some quality depth in this free agent class. I I mentioned you're going to draft a running back as well, and maybe you go out and and draft a a young defensive back. But um, I I think with with the safety crop, as you look around with the numbers that they have there, they can find their, their third safety uh, for their for their nickel or dime packages where they want to move Kevin Byard around a little bit. So I won't be surprised if they address safety as one of their priorities in, in, in this overall free agency period that, that that's about to begin. So Daquan Jones, uh, it's a guy that I think all of us 
uh, really like. A guy that does a lot of dirty work. Guy that's really good against the run. Still unsigned. Uh, what's the status on him? And is that kind of a spot where you could see the Titans possibly upgrading with the uh, you know Muhammad Wilkerson or Sheldon Richardson or even uh, Indomitian Sue? <laughs> I was hoping you would say that, man. <laughs> I oh the the idea of Indomitian Sue playing next to Jarrell Casey just. It makes me smile, <laughs> to be honest. It would like, be awesome. Just, oh man, and and to me, there there are certain guys that just scream one or two year contract, and I love those type of players because it's very low risk, high reward. The guy has been paid a boatload of money. I think he's he's in his seventh or eighth year now, just off the top of my head. But got got paid to go to Miami. Um, what's I'll never forget Jim Washford telling me the story of, of Indomit and Sue calling him and actively recruiting him to come to Miami to coach him, um, which tells me that Indomit and Sue is not just a me guy. He wants to be motivated. He wants that type of – he wants the Albert Hainsworth type of coaching. Um, now, Sue didn't go to Miami and have the same type of career that Albert did after he got paid. Sue was a bit better than that. But there were times when you, you watch Indomit and Sue play – and you're like, this is not the same, not the same guy. You'd watch two or three quarters of him against the run. Teams would run it right at him, and he would want nothing to do with it. And then other games where he would have a phenomenal day. Uh, but if you can get that guy to play motivated, um, that that's the type of player that everyone dreams of. And to pair him next to Jarrell Casey would be insane. I would love to watch that. And it to me, four three three four. That guy can play in any defense um, for me any day. And and I love the attitude. A lot of people will point to the attitude as a negative. I love it. Um, I want that type of fire within my defensive lineman. But, again, I need that more consistently from him. And when he plays motivated, it's 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 a lot of fun to watch. Do, do, do they want Daquan Jones back? I think yes. I think a lot of other teams have noticed him, though. I won't be surprised if he gets – of all the free agents we're talking about, I think a lot of fans that I talk with, um, family members of mine even, that are like, you know, Titans will get him back because he's been hurt. And I kind of bought into that for a few months, like January, February. And now after I think about it, I I, I bet there there will be some teams that jump on board the, the Daquan Jones train trying to bring him in, thinking that he's going to be a bit more of a bargain because of the injury that he had, knowing that he finished last year before the injury on such a high note, thinking that the best the best years are ahead of him. Uh, he's been working hard with the rehab. Um, I, I think he can still be a, a very quality player for them, and I, I would anticipate them trying to bring him back. Are there upgrades out there? Sure. But I think Jones could be a piece of this defense that they don't want to lose. Uh, now I know we're asking the wrong member of the of the midday 180 crew this question because PK is the you know the uniform expert. Oh, but yeah. um, <laughs> have you have you seen the uniforms? This is like a th- you know this thing got released today and everybody just goes crazy. So have you seen that? Have you been given any indication of what they're going to look like? I have not seen the uniforms, and you you have no idea how happy I am that I have not seen. Them. <laughs> um, because if I had seen it, would be the worst kept secret for me trying to keep that thing quiet, especially working with Paul every day. Like, I think they, they, they know not to tell me anything about the uniforms. 
knowing that I work with PK, the uniform expert, on a daily basis. That guy digs for more info on that than anything that I've heard him talk about for the last two months. Or longer than that, really. It goes back a year and a half when he was talking, he was talking with Amy Adams Strunk about it at training camp. Uh, I don't blame him, though. The guy He gets a ton of clicks, and I'm sure you guys noticed this at yeah. Music City Miracles. He gets a ton of clicks <laughs> off of that one topic. And I, I haven't looked recently, but I would imagine that the Titans Twitter account blew up off that video that they released. I'm sure. I mean, we did we did a post on just, you know, the video, and it's our yeah. second most popular post of the day. And all <laughs> it is is, hey, here's this video, you know, the Titans well, released okay. that doesn't really show anything. What are you hoping for? Like, I, I get, whenever I think of, and I was asking Mike Keefe, this will tell you everything you need to know. Mike has seen the uniforms. And so before we oh, we interviewed him at the NFL Combine, he joined us, and I was just catching up with him a little bit. I'm like, so have you seen the uniforms? He goes, yes. I said, are they cool? And he said, yes. And I said, okay. And he would not see anything else. And I, and I, I said to the group, we were with a group of people, and I said, there's just this sense I have that I'm going to be extremely disappointed. I don't want to feel that way, but I have this in my mind that Nike is somehow going to screw this up. Not the Titans, but Nike's going to get their hands on this and screw this up. But what I, I'm, I'm just hoping that it's not too crazy with the colors. I want the colors pretty basic and have an alternate uniform that's a little bit different. But the two-tone blue type, situation i've been okay with i don't know if you guys agree with that or not yeah i mean for me yes i think that's kind of their thing and i mean obviously some updates or whatever but i I, look i'm okay with the logo i I think the sword logo is is cooler um you know i kind of wish i'd done that initially but i don't see them changing that at this point um like i said just some updates but i mean i don't want a red jersey everybody loves those red jerseys you know that they had like in the you know, the, everybody's got an Eddie George red. Yeah. Those, oh, those yeah, things yeah. are ugly. Like, I just, I don't like them. Um, it would be cool to have a different, like, color rush type deal, just because that one just, to me, is too similar to what they what they have regularly. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of like them the way they are. I, I get some updating, but I don't want to see any huge, like you said, any huge color changes or anything like that. I'd love to see, like, an accent of red. You know, nothing crazy, but maybe just, like, an outline yeah. or something. And, and, and update the, numbers, the helmets maybe. and put some color in the helmets. Maybe go with a with a silver look or, or a matte gray or, or something, some blue. Terry, I'm with you. I like the I like the silver idea. Um I'm cool with that. I the numbers outlined in red would be okay with me, um, but the I noticed the white, the 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 red swoosh with the white. I wonder if that's like a shoulder area for the pads. That's a, that's the only thing I could think of. But again, that they're, they're doing exactly what they want us to do with this. We're talking about the uniforms. There's this big buzz about what the, what it's going to be. Only a select number of people in that building have actually seen them. Um, I would love to be uh, and I hope maybe they do this. I would love to see a behind the scenes video of them Nike coming into the building and laying everything out in front of Amy and saying, here are our options and see what she says about all these options. That would be a really cool behind the scenes video if if they were allowed to do that. And the, the, the logo, I may be wrong on this, but if you want to change your primary logo, I think it's a five year waiting period by the league I, and again i may be completely wrong on that 
Um, but I feel like the Jags, when they changed their helmet and did some other things, had to wait. It, this year has been five years since the previous change, and they're, they were doing some crazy changes to their helmet, I think, again. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm all for the sword, too. I think that's, that's the way to go. Um, will they do it? I, I don't know. Again, this is why they don't tell me these things. <laughs> Terry, do you have anything else? I kind of derailed us there a little bit with the, with the uniform. Talk. Oh, no, you're good. I got all my questions. Okay. Well, I, I, John, we really appreciate you taking the time and joining us. Uh, a, lot, a lot of good info, and I mean, I, I think it, it's going to be interesting. And this is, you know, for a lot of a lot of people, I think this is their favorite part of the year um, is what happens between you know between free agency and the draft and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so it's good to get insight with somebody that's, that's plugged in a little bit. And we appreciate, like I said, you taking the time with all your other responsibilities that you have around the Titans. Guys, anytime. Uh, let me end it just by saying I, I hope that they they go out and get some some strong pieces uh, that can the pieces to this overall puzzle. You know, Deion Lewis makes a ton of sense. Twenty eight next year was used in multiple ways. Maybe not enough as a receiver. He could be uh, a star in this offense. Jarek McKinnon as well. Um, but there, there are other guys, too, um, that we didn't even get to. Nigel Bradham is, is one that intrigues me from Philly. Um, so, again, maybe not the biggest household names across the league, but I think uh, when it's all said and done, Robinson will – he's got plenty of money to use. I think he's going to use it, but mainly in the phase two. There may, maybe there's one splash guy, but uh, I think maybe mainly it's going to be in weeks two and three of free agency. Yeah, and I think that's the fun part about where the Titans are right now is they don't necessarily have to go out and make a big splash deal. I mean, like you said, Deion Lewis, that, that name makes sense. That's a name that everybody's heard of. And that's but, a splash. That would be a splash. To me, that's a splash sign. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. But, like, the rest of the, the guys that you mentioned, I mean, they're at a point now where they they can add some pieces that, that fill a specific role and make the team a lot better. Now, while, you know, everybody on Twitter is going to yell that they're not doing anything, when you look at you know just the overall roster and how much more talented it is now than when John Robinson took over, you know that's the way you build a sustainable winner. And so I, I'm just kind of excited that they're at this point now where they're just adding some of those pieces, and then you've actually got guys like Lawan, Mariota, Kevin Byard, Conklin. I mean, guys that are on this roster that they're going to want to pay down the road because they went for so long with just not even having any any of their own guys to resign, and that's why they have so much cap space right now. Well, Warren Sharp, Warren Sharp, who we've had on Midday 180 from time to time, puts out these great tweets at Sharp Football, I think is his Twitter account. But he has every team in the league, and it's this little video post of how much money teams spent per win in free agency only. Doesn't count the draft. And the Titans were like the third or fourth team on that list. And it goes to your point, Jimmy, on not capitalizing on the draft and relying so much on free agency lately. And they're finally to the point where the, the, the draft capital that they've built up with, with Lawan and Mariota and others, those guys are to the point where they're, they're deserving of long-term contracts now. And, and a lot of that has to be decided on in the next year or two. And Lawan is, is first up here. And I, I, I still get the sense they're going to try to extend him this offseason. That's just my opinion on the vibe I get. But I don't, I don't know why they wouldn't try to go ahead and do that now. And, and shore up whatever you can long-term and go ahead and start working and planning for the Mariota contract, which is going to break the bank. That's nice to hear you say that because that's 
I mean, that's what we've been pumping for about a month now. Uh, it, it won't matter in in you know forty eight hours when the Titans don't sign. Well, I mean, think about it. They they have their their quarterback is going to become at some point he will be the highest paid player right. in the league, unless unless Jameis Winston signs like two minutes after Marcus does. And I don't know how I don't know how they're going to do that, but he's going to be the highest paid player in the league at some point in the NFL history of all of this. So. Uh, to me, I would go ahead and lock up Lawan now, make him, you know, give him a rich contract, $14, $15 million per year, but use what they have now to start planning for the Mariota deal. That, and, and look, I think they are. I, I, that has been on their mind longer than we've been thinking about it. But it, it's something that's now right on the doorstep instead of a couple of years down the road. One thing real quick on Mariota. Um Obviously, at some point they're gonna they're gonna pick up his fifth year option, and I don't know when the deadline is for that, but they'll they'll do it obviously before then. Do they? Do you think there's any talk this off season of trying to go ahead and get a deal done with him? You know, kind of like the Raiders did with Derek Carr, or are they gonna let that play out and then just kind of see what that does? I mean, because I don't I don't think there's any question. I, I wouldn't think in that building that that he is the guy long term. But do they do they wait for another season, see how that goes before they go ahead and, and make that big offer? To, uh, first, I think the, the the deadline for them to extend the fifth year option on him is May the third. Okay. Um, and based on the numbers I was looking at, it the fifth year option will cost them around twenty to twenty one million, somewhere in there. Um, I would let things play out. I, I do think he is the quarterback long-term. He's the guy. Um, I let him play this year. I let I let things get comfortable within this offense, and I get the Lawan contract done first. Then at this point next year, and, and well before this point next year, in, in February of next year, I start rolling that new contract out. That's what this whole next calendar year, I'm working on that deal. Um, the goal would be he's on year one of the new deal before he gets the 20 million on year five of his rookie contract. That's, that would be, that would be my primary goal because he's going to get that type of money anyway on the new contract. Um, the fifth year option money I'm talking about the 21 million, I think it's 20.9 is the number. Um, that that's my thinking. Now maybe they shock us and they, they do the Derek Carr deal. And another part of all of this is what to me it's which which organization jumps in first is it Tampa Bay or Tennessee and what what's intriguing about all of it is you have Jason Light as the GM in Tampa Bay who's best friends with the GM in Tennessee and all of this kind of coming together at the exact same time I don't know which I, I don't know which which team you want to be you, do you want Tampa to set the market and then have to beat that deal, or do you want to set the market and and see what happens with with Winston? I don't know, but uh, it's going to be an intriguing to see which GM wants to jump in first. Yeah, all right. Well, good stuff. Like I said, man, we really appreciate you j- jumping on, and uh, we went a little longer than normal tonight, but a lot of good info there uh, as we head into free agency, which officially opens on Wednesday. So, again, you can follow Jonathan on Twitter. You're at Hutton1045, right? That's right, yep. Yeah. 
at Hutton 104.5. And like I said, hear him on Titans Radio on the sidelines in the games and the midday 180 on 104.5. Uh, from 10 to 2 every day. So, again, man, thanks for taking the time out tonight to join us. Absolutely. Glad to be on. And, again, this was uh, perfect timing because it, uh, my, my wife is in the other room watching Bravo, um, <laughs> watching Andy Cohen and Watch What Happens Live. So this got me out of that, which is awesome. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, we're glad, glad we could help you out with that. Um, <laughs> all right. So, anyway, uh, we'll uh, – We'll be back at some point in the next couple of days, uh, just depending on what happens, if we record an episode tomorrow night or not. So, uh, like I said, in the meantime, check out MusicCityMiracles.com. Again, uh, follow Hutton. Follow us. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. Follow the podcast account at Locked on Titans. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Helps us out there. So, for Jonathan Hutton, for Terry Lambert, this is Jimmy Morris saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again later this week.